<laughs> I was like, Elena, we don't need to tell them what we did earlier. <laughs> let me re- let me redo this. Okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna redo it. <laughs> and we all just wanna feel, wanna be real. Yeah, we all just Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The, the Vicious Virgos. Virgos. I'm Ilana. I'm Jack. And it's been a long time. (laughs) You probably don't know this, or maybe you do, but we haven't recorded in, what, two months? It's been over two months, actually. Over two months. Our episodes were old. They're pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. Don't call them old. They were just pre-recorded. If you say they're old, that makes me feel old, and we are not old, regardless of how old you feel. (laughs) And uh, we're back. And so today, we're going to be talking about your birth chart. Which is oh called my God, your we're back again. Yes, that's called your natal chart, and we're gonna give you everything you need to decode your chart and therefore yourself. Yeah, but before I'm then, very excited about it. As always, the, but before then, because I literally, what our last week's episode, I had talked about like the reason why we yeah. re-released our first episode, yes. and a lot of it had to do with the fact that Ilana has something to share with the class. <laughs> So I shared briefly that I've been struggling with pelvic pain for a very long time, like five years. And after talking to a gazillion doctors, I talked to one doctor who discovered that part of my pain, because I have pretty complex problems, was due to my hips being kind of messed up. So I mean, essentially, she had one hip that was put on backwards. Yes. And my other hip is messed up, too. But I basically decided to have surgery on my left hip. Sorry if that makes you feel queasy. It made me feel queasy, too. So I had a decent surgery on Wednesday, and it's Saturday, so I'm pretty tired. Yeah, and Jack and Colin have been my caretakers the last few days. It's been an adventure. I've never had surgery before. And... I'm in extreme pain. So this is going to be a fun episode. And thank you to everyone that wished me well. I very much appreciate it. And I did the research on this episode, shockingly, because I've been bored out of my mind in bed. Because some of us have to work still. Yeah, some of us don't have to work. Actually, I'm hating to, it. To be completely honest, you guys, it's it's been... My Virgo is flaring so incredibly hard taking care of Lonnie. I have meal prepped the shit out of her kitchen. I have cleaned everything. I have made sure that her meds are given to her on time at a, at a regular intervals. We I washed her face the other yeah. night. I washed her <laughs> so face the other night while she was on the couch. shirt was soaking wet. Okay. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about something that everyone has requested and we probably should have done a long time ago. But before we get started, we have to do our horoscope, which I feel like you forgot about. Oh, my God. I totally <laughs> forgot about this. I know. Because as many of you know, Jack is deeply into horoscopes. And yes, horoscopes are pretty cool because I feel like they can illuminate daily experiences and they help us recognize how the planets move, like retrogrades and returns and all that stuff. But it also can make our life, you know, helpful life changes become more apparent. So go ahead. All right. So today... Jacqueline B, you are born to fit into the world, and Ilana the Virgo is very adaptable. (laughs) You're able to empathize with each other right now. Privacy is not a virtue. Come up with an emotional safe word. I don't think you guys realize. I don't think you guys realize how incredibly spot on this is. And I'm not going to go into too many details, but I've seen a lot of Ilana recently. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I didn't go into detail. So have other people. <laughs> I didn't go into detail. Yeah, your husband. A whole room saw my my, my whole thing. Okay, okay, but that was in surgery. But yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting one because we yeah. had we had discussed recently about empathy and about what that looks like for you. Like the the empathy that I feel for you, even though you're going through something I haven't gone through. So technically it's sympathy and it's not empathy. But for some reason, I'm able to feel your pain. This is my sacred space with Ilana. And no one is allowed to know that I actually have feelings and that I am actually able to be a compassionate human being. And now the world knows because now we've put it on the stage. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. So here we are. Yep. Yep. Anyway. So if we take a step back... I think it's really important for us to think about our charts to begin with, right? Because we need to understand what a chart is and a lot of people don't. So where has our cosmic identity really stemmed from? And how does the process of interpreting kind of the locations and the motions of the planets, how is it relevant and how does it work? And what is a zodiac sign and how are the other signs impacted by the planets? That's what the chart is about. So here we are giving you an episode we should have given you in the beginning. This really should have been our first episode. Whoops. So all the questions that I just asked above, they're really integral in to learning the basics of reading your birth chart, which reveals the location of the planets in the sky at the exact time you were born. So this is a deep analysis and it can provide you with really great insight into your personality, like what drives you, what desires you have in life. So today we're going to take a look at the art of reading a natal chart, the birth chart, and how you can best apply it to your life, okay? I am so ready for this, baby. Awesome. Give it to me. So (laughs) we're going to jump right in today and only talk about the planets though, because there's a lot of different parts of your chart, but we're just going to talk about the planets specifically. That's what you all are asking for and we want to, you know, want to know about. We also have a really great episode on houses if you're interested and some of the other things to look at like aspects. Even though astrology is very complex and there's a lot more to it than horoscopes in your zodiac sign, the core principles are pretty straightforward, right? So your natal chart is a blueprint of who you are. It's kind of that, it's that circle that you get when you go on like Astrolab or CoStar and it's just like this giant circle and it's segmented into different sections and there's a bunch of different planets in it and symbols. That is called your natal chart, okay? So it is incredibly important and that reveals the exact location of each of the planets and which constellation they occupied when you were born, which is like really cool, by the way. I love looking at it mostly because I've just got this weird, like everything is like Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn. And then it's like, boom, all of a sudden there's like Gemini over the corner. Yeah. And because birth charts are really different from everyone, right? So some are going to show planets all in the same constellation and others are going to be all over the place. And yes, the distance between these planets is really important because all of them have a function. So we're going to take a look at each of these cosmic entities and a big shout out to Eliza Kelly for influencing all the info I'm about to share. I just wanted to make sure I credited her. You ready to dive in? I guess so. Okay. I mean, I'm just, you're diving in. I'm just here to interrupt you as always. I love that. That's great. I know. I miss this so much. <laughs> so the first and most important entity. Star. Star. The one we all know and love, the sun. Give it up for the sun, people. Just so everyone knows, she said the first most important planet. (laughs) Thank you. So when someone asks you what's your sign, they're pretty much referencing your sun sign, which is the position of the sun at the moment you were born. And that's your zodiac sign. So we are both Virgos. I know you're shocked. 
but that's the case. Ilana's husband's a Pisces. My ex is a Pisces. (laughs) So the the sun symbolizes your sense of self from your ego to your personality and your preferences and also your general point of view. And the sun governs the zodiac sign of Leo. That's kind of the badass bitch we always talk about every episode. Yeah, that's Leo. And it's a symbol of bravery and drama. And it takes about a month to transit, meaning to move across the zodiac sign. And that's why the signs change each month. Jack and I always talk about the fact that sun signs seem to be the most important thing that all of you care about, right? Because it's sun sign. And the ones that get the most listens. Right. And you think about the sun as the most important and largest entity in the solar system, probably. So that's, I think, why people are so addicted to the sun side. But do you have any other literally why we're alive. Yeah. Do you have any other like thoughts as to why? I know you talked about this one time with Western astrology and how Western astrology is positive. Uh, and Vedic astrology is more about moon signs or no? No, Vedic astrology, it's, it's like the difference between going to a specialist doctor and going to a whole, like more holistic approach. Okay. Right. So you have one person, which is like Western astrology, which breaks down like one part of you uh, where Vedic astrology looks at like more like the entire part. It's like a, a general practitioner versus like a specialist kind of. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but Vedic astrology is also not, it's not here to make you feel like, you know, warm and fuzzy. Fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy, yeah. Where Western astrology is absolutely geared towards that typical American mm-hmm. bullshit, which is like, look how great we are. You know, <laughs> so like, Oh no, I like making fun of the signs too. I so, mean, whatever. So sun signs, when you think about your sun sign, do you feel like that's the ultimate sign that defines you? Like if you had to pick one, like, do you really feel like if you had to tie yourself to one sign, it would be your sun sign? Well, considering the fact that Virgo rules almost all of my chart. That's a good point. But on a general ego level, do you feel like you're, you always feel like my Virgo is screaming. Do you feel like that's who you are? Because a lot of people write us, right? And they're like, Hey, I'm not like my sun sign and I have to right. kind of explain, well, there's right. other parts of your chart, but right. I think, I, it, I think because I have so much Virgo in my chart, that makes this question mm, very, very hard. It's a good point. Because I am such a stereotypical Virgo. So well, hard. But yeah. here I am. You know, your husband and I are talking about how now they have like brain cells that are playing like Pong and they're in this like virtual simulation and he and I will sit there and we'll like learn all about this kind of crap. And I'm just like, ah, my Aquarius is so fulfilled and we run a podcast. So my Leo is just like, yeah, I'm like flexing hard on the Leo. So it's all about finding ways. There's there's going to be a part of you that's going to shine in yeah. different activities that you do. So it's not necessarily that you're defined by your sun sign because I don't think you are. I think it's important to understand all of your birth chart because then you'll be able to pick and choose. It's kind of like going to like, like an a la carte, yeah. you know? So like I said, like there's, there's parts of us that will flare, you know, quote unquote yeah. flare up when we're doing certain things that really stimulate that part of our chart. Yeah. And so you really just think of the sun as like your first line of defense. They almost describe it and I'll describe it with the moon sign, but it's, it's like your outer shell. It's like the shell, if that makes sense. Not the clothes you wear, but like your skin. That's kind of how they define the sun sign. Yeah, we're Virgos neat. and we take really good care of our skin, but we haven't <laughs> lately. We're really bad at that right now. So the second entity, which is our personal favorite, is the moon. 
And this is the second in the big three that everyone always talks about. So the moon's gravitational pull regulates the climate and the ocean tides. And this is beyond important when we talk about astrology because the moon, and yes, you should listen to our moon sign episode because it's pretty darn comprehensive. It's like our, our second, second episode. episode. Yeah. I do say I'm a lot, but I still love that episode. <laughs> so the sun represents our emotions and our deepest self. So I just mentioned this before. Think of it kind of like an orange. The sun is the skin. And the moon is the insides, like the fleshy part. Granted, I understand that it's bigger than the skin, but whatever. Ignore that part of it, okay? I like to say that it's a sign that's close to us. And it's like, it's the, the people closest to us know us best as our moon sign. That's how I like to define sort of the, the moon sign. It's that spiritual private self that we don't show to most people. And I think the zodiac sign that governs this one, obviously, is going to be Cancer, which is ruled by the moon. I know you're giving. That's that sensitive, fiercely protective water sign that represents comfort, security, and maternal nurturement. So fun fact, the moon is the fastest moving celestial body in the sky, and it takes two and a half days to transit the zodiac. So while it is the most important it's not that important to know your time of birth with the moon necessarily because it changes every two, two and a half days. You still need to know it because it can change. But maybe like look throughout the day to see if the moon changes. And if it doesn't, then you're kind of in luck, right? Now, you don't necessarily, uh, with this particular entity, let's call it that, I think that you might not notice it all the time. But at the end of the day, it is extremely important. And I think that it's really defines you at your core. And if you know your moon sign, you might start to say, oh, I'm a lot more like my moon sign than my sun sign, the more that I think about it. When I think about myself, because I don't have a lot of Virgo in my chart. Oh my God, you guys, Elana is like all fire. My Sagittarius is really who I am. And I think that that's something that when I learned, the reason I got into astrology is when I learned about my moon sign. I was like, that's it. I get it now. Yeah. It was my rising sign and my moon sign. I was like, that makes way more sense. When was that? I was in college these girls were like I, reading my chart because i was thinking about like when we met and like we both knew that we were virgos but we never really discussed anything deeper oh yeah i loved astrology but yeah i didn't really know astrology it was yeah. more horoscopes yeah well yeah. Uh, i wasn't really into horoscopes i was just more into knowing the fact that i was like a virgo which is yeah you know nobody wants to be friends which with was a big part of us having like cosmo girl and 17 magazine when we were uh, millennials yeah because yeah. yeah. they never were like this is what your moon sign means nope it was all about it you're right it was all about horoscopes and like yeah who your perfect like partner is and who you should look for which yeah is, you know like pisces cancer capricorn <laughs> really you're gonna hate on pisces <laughs> usually i love pisces <sighs> i'm just rolling my eyes right now at every thought of having like every partner period so <laughs> like, let's let's not get into that right now let's continue with your discussion so with the moon sign do you feel like for a minute even though you sort of dislike cancer that you kind of get it though now like now that you understand that it's ruled but we already knew that but that is ruled by cancer are you starting to feel like mm, okay i get it wait does that mean that like my love language is a certain way and yours is another way and i'm not talking to you in the way that i should i don't think i think that that's more of a venus thing hmm. but we could get into it am i getting too deep maybe that's my aquarian <laughs> <laughs> the moon is gonna change two and a half days so we'll see so that's why you know your moon side is going to be different from someone else in your month because they change. One thing I think is interesting is you could be a Libra, let's say hypothetically, I don't know for sure, or you could maybe be a Virgo and you'd have like the same moon sign. Or maybe a, if you're a cusp, you might have the same moon sign as, if you think about it. You, I don't know if this is exactly true, but I'm just assuming 
Isn't that interesting? So I love that we're talking about this because my mom recently found out what time she was born. She also found out that the name that's on her birth announcement is not how she spells her name. Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, it was super weird. But my mom's rising and her moon are both both Capricorn. And mm. she about to had a meltdown because <laughs> my dad is a Capricorn. She she's such a Capricorn. Oh, my sweet. God. She's such a Capricorn. Yeah. She, she's so, Mom, I love you. You know I love you. But you're such a robot. So <sighs> she is. My You and I have had a I love Capricorn. So I can't. I mean, it doesn't. No, you love Capricorn suns. You don't love Capricorn moons. Capricorn moons are hard to love. Yeah, Capricorn moons are hard to love. And I think my mom's actually probably the only one that I know because there are so many times where it's so hard to get them to get in the dirt with you. Yeah. You know? So, but it was funny because when she found that out, she was like, no. (laughs) No. Like it was like a full on, like, you know, it's like, I'm like you know threw water on the freaking gizmo and it turned into you you know what i mean like it she couldn't wrap her head around the fact that her identity yeah right like because if you look at your ascendant and your moon like you're looking at your your very like intimate personal identity yeah is my dad's sun sign yeah it was a real funny by the way my parents are divorced in case anybody you know cares but yeah she freaked the fuck out it was hilarious i mean at the end of the day i think a lot of us are so protective of our moon signs it's like it's almost like a badge of honor because they're deep and when people find out your moon signs sometimes if they don't really know you very well they're like they're quick oh. to judge or they're like oh you are deeper than i thought <laughs> like you're a virgo oh but your moon is a cancer or something and they're like oh like i think it's interesting and it, it makes you see like another layer and color of them and i like that a lot about that's the true. moon sign yeah that's been one of the things where specifically on my dating journey alana has been like okay but what time were they born yeah <laughs> she's like it's the first date dude i don't know like and i'm like uh and your point is like there's some guy that lives in ilana's apartment complex and i don't know i haven't changed my dating profile to say florida so it's just been los angeles and she's like when's his birthday i'm like i don't know you know i've been talking to him for like i don't know a month she's like you have to ask him so i asked him i was like when's your birthday he's like january 2nd i was like capricorn (laughs) yay right and she's like all excited uh and then it's, you know, the next question that comes after that is like, you really want to ask like, what time were you born though? Yeah. And where were you born? Yeah. But just so I can get all the details. Yeah. Right. So because when you're looking for a partner, I think that the moon sign is really important yeah. because you're looking for someone that you know that you can connect with on a very spiritual level. Absolutely. Yeah. So the third thing I'm going to talk about, which isn't necessarily the third thing that they and the classic astrologer doesn't really consider this part of it's like the last part of the chart they discuss. It's not in the cores, but it's the ascendant or the rising sign. We do have an episode on this FYI. And this is not really even an entity. It's it's just your sign. OK, so once again, go listen to the episode. But this is the last in your big three that people talk about. So you have your sun, your moon, and your rising. Your ascendant sign is super important in your birth chart because it dictates where your dental chart begins. We always talked about the fact that it was like the beginning of you. I read this great thing she said about it's like when you take your first breath. I thought that was so neat. I loved that. That would be Eliza Kelly. Yeah. So if you're looking for it on your physical chart, look for the line that is at 9 a.m. position of the circle. 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. position of the circle. 9 o'clock would be... This way. Nine, this way. You noon? Nine AM. Whatever. Nine, it this way. Three AM? Oh my god. Okay. She's looking at it backwards. That's no. Why. It 
Yeah. So <laughs> well, you're pointing this way. Yeah, exactly. So like this way. So do you want northeast, south, or west? I don't know. It's on a clock. It's 9 a.m. So it's west. Okay. So the rising sign is synonymous with your first house, right? Which is ultimately referring to how other people perceive you and how you interact with the physical world. So to find your rising sign, you really need to know your time of birth because it is an exact moment and it changes every two hours. So if you know, the good thing is, I guess, if you knew you were born around eight o'clock, that might be helpful, but you really need to know the exact time. This sign is your mask. It's your outer self, that social personality that people first see when they meet you. A lot of times that we say that it defines how you dress, your style, your relation to other people. So if your sun sign doesn't really match up with your personality, your rising sign might be why. And they do say the rising sign can become less relevant as you get older because you become further away from it. If you think about when you're born and you're becoming, you know, you're growing away from that personality. I personally feel like my rising sign has definitely weaned a little bit as I got older. No. I think so. No, I think it's flaring more than ever. The point is, <laughs> Alana's okay. Just so everyone's aware, in Ilana's first house, Sagittarius is her ascendant, her moon, her Saturn, and her Uranus. So I'm sorry, Lonnie, <laughs> but your SAG is like everywhere. So okay, I'm done. Okay, so rising sign. You talk a lot about this one and how you feel like your rising sign is a huge part of who you are. And it's not even your first house, right? Oh, no, it isn't. Of course, it's your first house. It's yeah. your first house. Although, although, I take it back. I no, knew that. We should, we should make note because we have had people who have reached out to us for readings and for some reason their ascendant is not in their first house. No, it's is, always in the first house. No, it's not. not it's not, not. None of them I've read has not been in the first house. Some of them are not, which is very strange, but it's not unheard of. It's just... V- it makes you special. Let's just say that. It makes you special. Because nine times out of 10, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be your exterior identity. And yes, I do. I connect really, really, really hard with my Leo. Uh, That may or may not have to do with the fact that I require nonstop attention. Correct. Can you kind of tell us or tell the audience or give them your thoughts? I love putting around the spot like this on how they should view their rising sign when they see it. Like, let's say that they don't like their rising sign. What would you say to someone or that they don't identify with it or something like that? Like, well, you don't have to, but you will notice it in specific parts. And I think that you're more likely to notice it when you go out on a first date or when you are making a new friend or when you are doing something for the public. Yeah. So I started public speaking from a very, very young age. I think I was... I want to say about eight years old when I started public speaking because, you know, I grew up Mormon and we would get up and we would talk and I would talk in front of a congregation of like two, 200 people, about 200 people. And my Leo just like embraces that. One of my favorite classes in junior high and high school was drama. Imagine that a Leo loving drama. I know you're just like you're shook right now. So there there are going to be parts of you that you will identify with. And I think it's really important to embrace those because I think the more that you try and shove them down and disassociate, the more likely they are to pop up in really negative places in your life. Yeah. So the more, the more that you can think about it and just accept that this is part of your personality and try and show the positive sides of that, you can take me anywhere and I will make friends. Yeah. Right. 
Like I will, you don't have to worry about me. You don't have to babysit me. Like I'll go off and I'll go meet all these people and I'll come back to you and I'll be like, oh yeah, I met so-and-so, I met so-and-so, I met so-and-so, right? (laughs) So it's, you know, that's a positive quality of a Leo. I don't look at it as like, oh, I have the potential to be a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, I have the potential to destroy relationships because I require so much attention. I look at it in more of a positive way because it's like, oh, I have this really special ability to draw people in. Yeah. Right. I'm a magnet for people. People are drawn to me and they want to listen. That's how we became friends. You thought yep. I was a cool girl. I was so not cool, guys. I was like such a loser. So the fact that you want it, I still to this day, <laughs> still to this day, I love it. She goes, I thought you were the cool girl. And I was like, I was, I was full. I was, so, I was so not cool. She realizes that now. She realizes how not cool I am now. But that's how Leos are. You let, you're like, I want to know them. And then when you take a journal, you're like, oh, they're, just like, I mean, they're, they're, I can get along with them. They're not intimidating anymore. That's how I you feel about Leo. You by me? That's how I am with all, I've had a lot of Leo friends and that's how I always am with them. And once I get to know them, I'm like, oh, they're very disarming. You just, you, you build them up in your head, no, you know? No, I get that because, you know, it's, I used to live with a Leo. Yeah. When I first met her, when I first met her, she was extremely intimidating. Yeah. Then I got to know her and I realized I don't really have anything to be intimidated by. Yeah. It's a very so, Leo. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. Leo men are like that, like hardcore. They're definitely. Ew, like do you that. remember that Leo man I went out with while I was here? No. Yes, you do. We went to Joliet and he was like screaming at me the whole time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be, like, be like, could you like lower but he, your he voice? But he wrote us a very nice review on our podcast. He did. One of their <laughs> first ones. I know. It's so nice. sweet. Because he was like, I'm so excited to go out with this like nice girl. And yeah. I was like, I'm not nice. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to go on to a planet that we're going to be doing an episode on very soon. We did do a retrograde episode on this planet, but we're going to be doing a, you know, definition episode, which is Mercury. So this is the smallest and innermost planet in the solar system. named af- the fastest. Yeah. Named after the Roman deity who served as a messenger to the gods. This was a very, very fast deity. This planet symbolizes communication. So the moon reflects our emotions while Mercury reflects our logic and rational self. Very much the opposite here. Mercury is very clever and intellectual and it's very curious. It analyzes, it classifies, and it sorts things. And it helps us really get through complex ideas, much like its ruling signs, Gemini and Virgo. Your Mercury's in Libra. Yeah. No wonder we struggle with communication. Yeah, I know. So our two little ass- logical assholes, right? Like These two sense. signs. I know. <laughs> but you think of Gemini and Virgo as similar. You always say that. I do. Right. I do. So both these signs, which is you can always spot a Gemini when you're having a conversation with them, even if you haven't met them, because it's so. Yeah. Virgo, too, for the record. But listen to this. So both these signs represent a different side of Mercury's expression. So Gemini, the one who won't shut up, is the output. (laughs) And Virgo, who is analytical and arguably a bit less chatty, is the input. And I've never known that. And I thought it was a really, really cool way to put it. That's probably why they butt heads so much to be honest with you. Wow. That's, yeah. that's actually, you know what? I'm going to say that that's beautiful. I agree. I think it's, but you always say that Virgo is the, or you said it like three times, but is the air or Gemini is the air Virgo. You said that. They are. Yeah. They are. Clearly. We're both, look. We're both, but we're also both mutable signs too. Yes. So it makes sense. And also just a little bit of like brief, let me throw this at you. 
Did you know Virgos and Geminis are responsible for protecting the reputation of Mercury? Yes, we talked about that. So when Mercury is in retrograde and everyone's like, oh, God, everything's gone to shit. Like we're supposed to be like, no, what's the lesson you're supposed to learn here? Because time is slowed down for you. Electronics are slowed down for you because you need to think. You need to stop and think. Yeah. So Mercury (laughs) Mercury takes 13 or 14 days to transit a zodiac sign and it goes into retrograde three to four times a year and once again we have an episode on that so listen it's also coming up so it's important to listen to that episode January 14th so this is a planet that's really famous for its retrogrades because our communication is in chaos mode which she just brought up so lots of interesting things can happen like delays mishaps texts from that ex that you thought was gone kind of like Gemini right Instagram goes down like it did last time. Snow day for us in social media. But honestly, it's Gemini. Like when I think about retrograde, I feel like I feel like when it's when when Mercury is in a good place, it's Virgo. And when it's a chaos place, it's Gemini. That's how I'm viewing it. Okay, I love that though. (laughs) It's kind of no, I love that because how I should say logical. Well, like how lucky is the world that they only have to experience Gemini energy three to four times a year? <laughs> That's true. Virgo's all year round. Sorry, bitches. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so this planet, which we're obviously going to dive into probably very soon here, I think is one that we all really forget. But let's like look at, for example, the fact that she is a Virgo Mercury and I'm a Libra Mercury. I'm very fickle with my decision making. And when I communicate, I'm also very fickle and I weigh out my options quite quite literally all the time. You're much more analytical and you actually can compartmentalize quite well when you communicate. That's how I feel about it. It's absolutely disgusting. So one of the reasons why Elon and I have so much trouble with our relationship, which is, you know, we can bring this up. People tell us all the time, oh my God, I wish I had a best friend like you guys. It's like, dude, you guys, you don't, you don't realize like how much work is battle this takes. Yeah. Like the Elon and I have been long distance for 18 years. Yeah. This is the this year, 2021 to 2022. This is the most time we've ever spent with each other. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. But one of the things that I told her before I came here was I can't wait to fight with you in person. Yeah. You know, because we do. We both handle things so differently. She will want to talk about it, but needs to compartmentalize. So other things come first. I need to do I, schoolwork. I need to do work with me. I will basically avoid it and weigh out my options and get angry, upset happy sad all over the place and then, and then i apo- want to talk but then yes. she apologizes while she's talking to me yeah. she'll be like i'm sorry like i don't mean to call you out on this but also like blah 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 but like, very i'm sorry but like <laughs> oh but like Libra. this and this and this and like i'm really upset but like i'm sorry <laughs> if you're upset because i'm upset and i'm just like okay so let's think about why are you upset <laughs> it's such a virgo that would be like Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to venus which we have an episode about i know you're all just blown away by all these episodes that we already did you're welcome. So this is a planet of love and all the delicious, expensive things life has to o- offer. There goes my Libra and Leo flaring. Thank you very much. So this particular planet is named after the Roman goddess Venus, who represents beauty, romance, and abundance. Venus is an indulgent planet and it's happiest in luxury. So think caviar, cashmere, and really bougie bubble baths. This planet's fancy tastes reflect our interest in art and culture, while its romantic side reveals our idealized perception of love. So naturally, it's ruled by Taurus, right? And Libra. 
each representing its different sides. So Taurus is the physical side because it's sensual and Libra is the cerebral or whatever, the mental sign because it's really flirtatious. This planet takes about four to five weeks to transit a zodiac sign and it goes into retrograde every 18 months. And this is a pretty intense retrograde. A lot of us ignore. We just got out of one or we're still in, in one or something like that. I think we're still in one. I think we're still in it. Yeah. It's the time to try and avoid making any major changes to your appearance, like getting a tattoo or plastic surgery. And we were laughing about this because I got surgery during Venus in retrograde. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah. But that's a little different. This is more like you know, you know, this isn't things that you necessarily need to do. These are things that you want to do, if that makes sense. Physical appearance things. So Venus, Jack is a Virgo Venus. I'm a Leo Venus. Another great example of two completely different Venuses. My Venus is like fancy, fancy, spend money, make me a priority, but only if it's in a way that I like it. And hers is much more you know, it's just different. Venus isn't retrograde until January 29th. Thank you very much. And her Venus is much more like, okay, but is it practical? To, is this practical purchase? Oh I'm like, God. whatever. It looks good. It's I'm, great. I'm so disgusting. Like I sat down with Ilana's husband the other day and we talked about how he got a new car and I was like, okay, so let's sit down and think about this. How much money are you spending now versus how much money you spent before? And the reason you got a new car was because you wanted to spend less money and you did da 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 and da da da. He goes, yeah, well, you know, it's really hard for me to make a decision when my <laughs> wife is there. And she's like, just get it. And I was like, you wanted it too, though. Like, you weren't oh, there. Okay, Colin, like, I understand that you want this. But like, why say you want to do something if you don't actually <laughs> want to do it? Because that's my Virgo. My Virgo is very, you know, it's funny because it's a mutable sign. But I become so fixed on specific things where it's almost, it's almost like it's my job to make sure people stay on task. So what do you, what's your, like how do you feel like other people should look at their Venus and like, how do they, you, you brought up earlier the good parts of a rising sign. How do they look at their Venus in a way that is positive and not negative, so to speak, or how do they utilize it? Okay. This is going to go against everything that we talk about. Okay. Do not compare your Venus to your partners. Ah, because if you compare your if if you start comparing like and i'm saying this as far as like for people who are already in relationships or people who are married and honestly like yeah it's something to look at if you're considering dating someone and getting in a relationship but i would actually focus more on the moon sign than that yeah actually the moon and mars to be completely honest because you really want to know how someone's going to fight with you but it's it's about how you love right not about how others love you so don't look at the way don't don't look for things that are going to cause problems instead embrace how you are capable of such beautiful wonderful things and if your partner right this is this also let's let's lean into something a little less astrological based you know like uh think the five love languages yeah right so inside into the other right person. so instead of comparing yeah. Look at ways that you can love your partner in ways that they can understand it. Exactly. Or look at what ways will make that them can, to be turned on. Or look at ways you can fall in love with yourself. Yeah. So what my therapist always says, and this also refers to Mars, is your break and your gas. What is my partner's break and what is their gas and what is my partner? What is my break and gas? So I don't know if she's referring to this book, but there's this book called Come As You Are. Have you yes, heard of it? That's the book. She is that what she's to. talking about? Yeah. Also, if anyone on our podcast, this is, again, a completely unrelated thing. But if any of you are struggling with 
embracing your feminine energy when it comes to your O's, Come As You Are is a phenomenal, groundbreaking book about learning to accept what your reality is yeah. as your special moment. And it it's that was my that my sex therapist, that was the first thing she recommended to me when I was yeah. going through all my stuff. So it's great. Anyway, let's get back on track. <laughs> so onto the Mars, which she just referenced. Personal. Yeah. So the red planet known as the warrior of the Zodiac, named after the Roman god of war, Mars. This planet symbolizes action, drive, determination, and aggression, which is your feisty side. So this is a very passionate sign that manifests when you're in fight or flight, basically. So when you compete, all that impulsive adrenaline charge under the energy that lights a fire under your ass. So this planet also reflects our physical passion and lust, meaning our sexy side. I like to think of Mars as the sextrology of the Zodiac because it's naughty. This planet is ruled by Aries naturally because, well, Aries is pretty impulsive and it's known for its intensity and its vivacity. This planet takes about six to seven weeks to transit a Zodiac sign and it goes into retrograde every two years. And when it goes into retrograde, you might find that you have trouble standing up for yourself or your experience, maybe you're a sex drive deficit. Basically, you might not be as horny. So, you know, those, that planet to me is the last in what sums up the personal stuff. So it's a very personal planet, but also slightly impersonal planet. How do we feel about Mars? You love this planet. I do. I do. Which I don't understand why, because my Mars is in Virgo. <laughs> mine's in, mine's in Aries. So yeah, I got the worst. <laughs> yeah. Which also, once again, the way that I fight and communicate are actually, actually the way that I fight and communicate is quite beautiful when you think about it, because it's the same sign. So I'm going to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you, which solves the fight where you, <laughs> your fire and your air, like literally you're fueling your fucking problems. Correct. So yeah, I it's. See that. The Virgo loves that too. Oh God, you guys, it drives me fucking crazy. So with Mars, this is one I really think you should give some good advice on because this is a sign that I think could be to someone's detriment or it could be amazing. Like I think of when I think of the good and bad parts of my Mars, the good parts for me are so important. How, what is your, I'm going to come back to, to giving other, our, our listeners advice because I think you're really good at that. How, what would you, what would like your insight be into this planet and why it's so important? We did have a, an episode about this one. We did. We did do an episode about this. It's, this is one of the most important signs that's going to dictate how you succeed in life. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Not in just your relationships, but in your career, because a lot of it has to do with your temper. Yeah. How do you, how do you react to problems. How impulsive are you? Or maybe you're avoidant. Maybe you're a Pisces and you're more avoidant. You're an Aries. You're more impulsive. Oh my God, you guys. Alana has no patience. I'm a volcano. But she's like, I asked you to do this 0.5 seconds ago. Why isn't it done? That's also Why isn't it done? Why isn't it done? I'm like, I'm like, Ilana, they haven't even women. gotten the text yet. Like, chill. Right? So it is. I, I truly believe that even though they'll they'll tell you that other planets will rule like your careers, but I honestly think that has more about to do like what path you take in your yeah. career, not necessarily the personality you have in it. This really is so important. It's going to be 
how you solve problems. It's going to be how you find resolution in conflict. It's going to be how you, and then like I said, that includes work, friendships, relationships, your children, right? So now that we've gone over the personal planets, let's talk about the interpersonal planets. The another planet we haven't covered yet that's super important is Jupiter. And yes, I'm confused when you say interpersonal, what do you mean? So these are the planets that are not personal. So they reflect who you are with other people or how you are in the outer world. Okay, that's important to know. Yeah. So as you should know, Jupiter is the largest planet in the solar system. Boom. Yeah. Symbolized by Zeus in Greek mythology, recognized by basically being a big deal. So Jupiter is a lucky planet that symbolizes abundance, fortune, philosophy, and spirituality. It's often um, referenced in higher education. So it's known as a generous planet. It governs expansion, really encouraging us to widen our scope and broaden our minds through our studies and our mindfulness. Why? Why? Because that's what the planet is. <laughs> so so on our next episode. Yeah. So the sign that governs this planet is obviously Sagittarius because that's, you know, the sign is all about expansion and travel and adventure. I'm and, literally looking at the back of my skull right now. My eyes rolled so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's really known for its thrilling spirit. So Jupiter takes about 12 to 13 months to transit a zodiac sign. And it goes retrograde each year for around 120 days. And Jupiter retrograde is basically a time for philosophical growth, which once again, Sagittarius, but it's 12 to 13 months. So you probably have a similar Jupiter to someone else in your life that's close to an age to you. This planet, we definitely need to dive into. A lot of people have wanted us to talk about Jupiter and I love it. I always think of Jupiter as like the worker planet, the planet that like really impacts the way that... I don't know, when I think of going to college and how I felt about that experience, that's how I think about Jupiter. How about you? Ugh. Well, what's your Jupiter? <laughs> I don't even know because I don't even fucking pay attention because obviously I have the worst luck in the entire world. It's not about your luck. It's just a lucky planet, if that makes sense. I don't have a Jupiter. <laughs> okay. Well, you do have a Jupiter. I what- do. I do. I just... My, okay. my Jupiter is in Aries. Nice. Mine's in Gemini. So I hate my life, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> What's the Jupiter advice you have for other people? Do you feel like this is this is a planet that you're that you're that you still have yet to know? Correct. Okay, and you haven't been doing research? Nope. Okay. Well I've been doing school. I've been doing school. You usually guys. do research you, while we do their episode. I usually do, yes. But instead I've been talking too much and drinking too much. So go look up Jupiter. So I feel like Jupiter is, quote, the secret, unquote. Interesting. Do you remember that that book? Yes. That's how I look at it, right? Because it's how we attract our own luck. Ah. Yeah. That makes more sense than what I said. There's your little dollop of wisdom, right? So understanding your Jupiter placement explains kind of how we pursue life's experiences, but also how we open ourselves up to greater wisdom, faith, and spirituality. Mm. Weird, right? I know you weren't thinking about that. So Jupiter's energy, obviously, is very optimistic, hopeful, compassionate, generous. You know, they're, this is something I didn't know. They're often referred to as the guardian angel that ah. is always there to guide and enrich your life. Which is cool because it's Sagittarius. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth, <laughs> just so everyone's aware. So the other interpersonal planet 
that she will research as I talk. Damn it. She's putting me to fucking work, guys. Is Saturn. So Saturn is actually an incredibly important planet and we're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about Saturn return because I love Saturn, Saturn return. Super important. So cool. So this beautiful giant planet is associated with time restrictions and regulations. And just like all of us, it has its good days and it has its bad days. So on a good day, Saturn symbolizes oh, that hard working side me. of us. Oh, fuck me. Absolutely not. Saturn is supposed to represent the fatherly figure in your life. <laughs> So on a good What's day, your Saturn, my Saturn's in Sagittarius. Are you my father? <laughs> no, my Saturn is in Sagittarius. Oh, great. So, so we have the same. So yeah, you yeah. are my father. So on a good day, Saturn symbolizes that hardworking side of you that, you know, achieves things and is always resilient. But on a bad day, it's a bit rude, harsh and super unemotional. And it's funny that you said that, actually, because I talk about that. So this can be a blessing because it really forces us to learn through a lot of challenges and, of course, tough love. It's kind of like that parent that expects you to play by the rules <laughs> and is super strict and regimented. And yeah, you know, you understand that they love you, but they have a funny way of showing it. So obviously, eight-year-old buyer to your robot, Capricorn, Lonnie. the sign known for its ambitious nature. <laughs> Great. My dad. <laughs> So, Lonnie, quick question. Yeah. What house is your Saturn in? It's in my first house. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, Saturn is considered good in houses second, third, seventh, and twelfth. Whereas first, fourth, fifth, and sixth are bad. <laughs> What's yours? The twelfth. So, yours is bad? So, if you're lucky... No, yours is bad. Mine is good. Ah, great. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're lucky, you might witness a Saturn return one day. Wait, What? We all have Saturn return, though. Yeah. A Saturn return is an astrological transit that occurs when Saturn placement returns at the same time in the place, blah, 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 when you were born. Yada, yada, yada. Nobody cares. Anyway, why is that? Okay, now I got to look up why that's So Saturn good. takes about two and a half years to transit each sign, and it goes into retrograde each year for around 140 days. So during a Saturn retrograde, things may feel a bit more regulated, more restricted, but we may find ourselves more encouraged to work harder or to start something new. So once again good and bad side of it but a Saturn return which is something we're going to talk about in another episode tends to be a very defining moment particularly in a woman's life usually it's 28 to, to 32, 32 and sometimes they say it's when you'll meet people someone that you love you're funny enough I met my partner when I was 28 and we got married when I was 32 so I always thought that was interesting because that was my Saturn return did you know that this planet while it rules Capricorn it traditionally rules Aquarius as well that I did not know I did not know that, but that's very interesting. And it works by connecting the old with the new ah, and traditional with modern. I can see that with Capricorn and Aquarius. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else you want to say about this planet? Oh, well, I'm excited actually. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I missed you so <laughs> much and I missed, I missed recording so much and I missed astrology so much. I can't wait to talk about Saturn. You're going to lead that episode for sure because it's just a cool one. Oh, I am. It's such a cool one. Literally, I'm all over it. Obviously, my Aquarius is flaring right now because I'm like, ooh, existential shit. Let's get it on. Saturn is a really neat planet. Like I would say it's definitely my top. So to understand Saturn, we need to be ready to dig up all sorts of negative emotions from the past yeah, and deal with them until we reach a point of awareness and clarity. So this explains the strong push that you get in your late 20s, which yep. e 
all of us feel it you guys like Elana and I are not the only two people that were like oh I'm getting old yeah you literally you know? feel your back going Ugh. <laughs> yeah well I don't think it's that I think that is also a maybe it's a biological clock push it might be yeah it but very, it's also Saturn <laughs> yeah no but but think about it like the way that society is society is changing women are now having children later but at the time like 28 having kids at 28 that was like unheard of as my grandma says she was an old maid when she had kids she wasn't that old but still because 28 would be considered very old i mean everyone every female in my family was married at 19 not mine i'm 34 (laughs) (laughs) i am 15 years older than everyone who's ever been married in my family but no saturn saturn is so much fun um it's actually my favorite tattoo that i have yeah uh and a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's the only reason people know the tattoo on my hand is because they're like oh because they can recognize that because they can recognize it by its rings so i'm excited to dive into this because saturn saturn gets spooky because it's got 62 different moons yeah it's insane okay and most of them are named by titans in greek mythology yes that i didn't know it's very interesting it's huge it's a huge planet it is it's smaller than jupiter though but jupiter i'm i'm curious when we explore that further if the so you know how jupiter the photos of jupiter that we have they show the eye of the storm yes i wonder if that has anything to do with astrology Probably, but we'll I do know that Jupiter is definitely more chaotic than Saturn in astrology. Saturn is very like proper Capricorn. Think Ugh. about Sagittarius is like total opposite and they're right next to each other. Get it? Well, yeah. Saturn is the master of time and order, right? So it speaks, um, think of it like your grandpa's watch. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it speaks to your ability to do things right yeah. one by one. And in a timely and organized matter, it's it's what fuels our deadlines, right? And it, when I say deadlines, once again, here we are, biological clock ticking. It fuels your yeah. deadlines throughout your entire lifetime. Yeah. Right? So it counts the seconds, hours, and years, and it always speaks to something slow, unfinished, broken, but useful. It's yeah. the it's considered to be the old man lurking in the shadows and a bearded guru living in solitude and poverty. Which is how I bed. feel about Capricorn. That's a, okay. That's I how see, I would describe Capricorn. No, I would not describe Capricorn as a guru in Tibet. <laughs> I would ex- that would be Aquarius. That'd be Sagittarius. <laughs> no, that'd be Aquarius. Either one. Right? So, you know, it says, although it supports hard work and mostly speaking of our career choices, status, and progress made by careful planning. The main role of Saturn in our life, strangely, is to make us rest. Yeah. <gasps> like what you're doing mm-hmm. right now. Exactly. You guys, I'm so proud of Ilana right now. <laughs> I've been yelling at her and I told her I would take her crutches and her phone and her laptop away if she stopped working. And she has. <laughs> so way to go. I'm so, going to drink some more whiskey. This is going to be a fun episode to listen to. So moving on to Uranus. So my astrologer talks a lot about this planet. <laughs> <laughs> but I hardly hear astrology lovers talk about it. So this planet was discovered by a telescope as the only entity named after a Greek deity. If you remember from science class, it's tilted so far in its axis that it's basically orbits the sun on its side. So the irony here is that this planet symbolizes technology, innovation, and rebellion, just like the fact that it's on its side. So Uranus, unlike Saturn, really doesn't like rules and it wants to break new ground, be the change it wants to see in the world, all that aqua BS because... Do you know what its its nickname is? No. The Awakener. 
well, it's interesting because it's ruled by Aquarius, which is a sign known for awakening. It's known for its humanitarian spirit. It's free thinking. And of course, it's nonconformist energy. This planet takes about seven years to transit each sign and it goes into retrograde each year for about 150 days. So during this time, we're encouraged to move forward and leave the past behind us. And this is another one where you probably share a similar Uranus to other people in your life. Obviously. You know that this bitch is what's responsible for our midlife crisis. No, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The Uranus opposition occurs somewhere around age 40. When transiting Uranus opposes your own natal Uranus, which is also known as your midlife crisis. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, so we'll apparently see that someday. Oh my God. That's only like six years away. Ugh. So, but it, but they say it's like, this is when people suddenly cast off the shackles that keep them from fulfilling their destiny. So you might get the courage to leave a stagnant relationship or just suddenly follow a long buried dream. Because mm, you're moving forward. Exactly. Wow. Well, th- this one, we might do an episode on. I think we might get there. It's going to be a dark and Nobody's brooding episode. Nobody's going to listen to that. No. But my astrologer always brings it up. He's very, very firm that Uranus is a planet I need to look at. And it, I've always wondered why. And I never really did a lot of digging into it until today. It's It also plays a very important role as a provocateur. Oh, I huh. like that word. Yeah, I know. It's a great word. Ooh, that's like sexy. agent provocateur. That's the, sexy. Uh, you know, the lingerie brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I said it's sexy. Yeah. By the way, I brought lingerie here. So if any single men are listening to this and want to go out, I'm available. <laughs> can almost promise you that's um, not the case. <laughs> I know. It's all like women between the ages of 24 and 35. <laughs> so it's well they okay here's here's an interesting fact so the influence on uranus on a generation right because it's a generational planet you said it's interpersonal yeah it's revealed through innovations breakthroughs shifts in perception so when pluto and uranus were in conjunction in virgo Mm. during the 60s there were surprise events that shocked the world along with a social upheaval due to changing perceptions interesting right this is really interesting. Yeah. Wait, I can't say interesting. This is fascinating. This is very fascinating. This is super fascinating. So the second to last planet that we're going to discuss is Neptune. It's a really pretty planet. It's kind of an azure color. It's really, really pretty. So go look up if you're curious. It's probably it's gorgeous. The, it's probably the most gorgeous of all the planets. So it's named after the Roman god of the sea. This planet governs a spiritual unknown, just like the ocean, which personally freaks me out to think about. If you didn't know, I'm afraid of open water. And whales. Yeah. Jack's also not super fond of open water. Absolutely not. No. And space. Getting lost at sea is definitely my biggest fear. Being left in the middle of the ocean? That's... I would just die. (laughs) So Neptune is the psychic planet of ideas, intuition, compassion, the domain of dreams and delusion. Ideals. It's also ideas. So the domain of dreams and delusions. So Neptune reveals our imagination, our psychic sensitivities, and our connections to the mystic, everything unseen and unknown. And the place of Neptune in the birth chart relates to the parts of our lives where we refuse to be limited by beliefs or bound by tradition. So Neptune is the planetary ruler of Pisces, obviously. That do-eyed, doe-eyed, do-eyed also do it. Also Intuitive water sign. It's the 12th house of your unconsciousness. Yes. So we all know... Pisces for their very dreamy, imaginative, and clairvoyantness, right? So unlike Mercury, Mars, and Venus, Neptune is a really slow-moving planet, so its energy is felt across an entire generation. It takes 165 years for the planet to transit the entire zodiac. Years or days? Years. 
Yeah. So roughly it spends about 14 years in each sign. So you most likely share your Uranus with your friends. <laughs> this is no, how you know. No, you said you most likely share Neptune. <laughs> you said you most likely share Uranus with your friends. <laughs> I was like, Ilana, we don't need to tell them what we did earlier. <laughs> let me let me redo this. Okay, so I'm gonna redo it. <laughs> Okay, so you most likely share your Neptune with your friends. Or you're right. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. I'm so fucking tired. Oh, my God. My stomach hurts. That was amazing. So <laughs> last but not least, let's talk about Pluto. Wait, are we done with Neptune? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Pluto might not seem like a big deal, but it is. This little planet symbolizes regeneration, transformation, and rebirth, even if it doesn't look like it things get done with pluto so a new approach and a new perspective is what the planet pluto is all about it helps an individual look at things differently transform or evolve their views and emerge with new outlooks in life it's named after the roman god of the underworld pluto and its power stems from darkness pluto reminds us that in order for us to manifest the change we need to release ourselves from the past this planet is ruled by scorpio obviously hey daddy the water sign that's defined by mystery sex death in the underworld so pluto takes about 14 to 30 years to transit each sign and it goes into retrograde each year for around 185 days wait wait wait, wait. 14 to 30 years yeah that's it's, a big gap. i know so when pluto goes retrograde we are asked to let go of what's no longer serving us so that we can transform into a better version of ourselves the inner planets which are the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars reflect our personalities and our daily experiences. Then we have the planets on the other side of the asteroid belt, the outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. They move a lot more slowly and they change every one to 30 years. These planets define larger life themes, experiences, and are shared by generations. These planets are determined by the houses they occupy though. So as we discussed in our houses episode, briefly there are 12 different sections uh, on your chart right these are known as houses and they each represent different areas of our lives so the first six we talked about this are the personal ones so they're the everyday activities and things like home life money and routines lonnie what's your scorpio in or what's your pluto in scorpio well yeah but what house i don't know i have to look it up i think it's the 12th house so and then the other six are more related to abstract concepts like philosophy, legacy, psychic abilities, the placement of the planets and the houses reveals where we store our energy and our strengths and our weaknesses. So now that we've given you the lowdown, if you haven't already, it's time to examine your own birth chart and really look at your planets and corresponding signs and houses. So as Eliza says, remember that planet plus sign plus house equals your interpretation. That's the formula. So stick to that. Astrology is really complex. It's really fun and it's really complicated, which is why we love it so much. Why and is yours in your 12th house and mine's in my fourth? I don't know. It depends on where you're born. And now when people ask you why their sun sign doesn't seem to sum them up entirely, maybe you can shed some light as to why you're welcome. So do you want to wrap up our first episode of the new year? Do I keep telling people to buy the book? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, okay. All right. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. So glad to be putting out a new episode. This was so much fun. So please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you haven't already, it's not pre-order anymore, baby. Go ahead and go buy the Just Girl Book Project of Self-Care. It is available on Amazon. You'll find the link in the Just Girl Project bio on Instagram. Please also remember to follow the Just Girl Project at Just Girl Project. They are on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. You guys, it's been fun. Ilana, I have missed this. I have missed this so much. I know. (laughs) Anyway, please remember to always stay stay vicious. vicious. Bye. And we all just want to feel, want to be real. Yeah, we all just...